Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. This episode is a must listen. The man that I'm introducing embodies everything that this show is about mission, identity, and superpowers. Having the opportunity to meet and share the stories with people like him is the reason I started this podcast in the first place. This man uses his superpowers for good and to empower other people. It is an honor and a privilege to introduce Dion Powell. Dion, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It is a freaking honor to have you on the show, man. Dion is a hedge fund manager at Pouncil Capital. He is also the founder of Money School, which is a business that educates and empowers people to take control of their financial life. You could also find him on a docuseries on YouTube called Design, D-E-Z-I-N. So let's get into it, man. You look like a non, uh, no-nonsense type of guy. So I'm going <laughs> to skip the formalities and dive right in, okay? Let's do it. Awesome, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. I mean, it's, it's, uh, as long as you're breathing, you can wake up with a choice and a chance, right? You have a choice to decide to design a life that you want to live, and you got a chance uh, a new, at a new beginning. So I'm always grateful for those. That's right. I, when I get up in the morning, I open my eyes, I lay in bed, I pray, and I essentially just spend the first couple minutes just, th- for me personally, thanking God that I have this opportunity to have another day. My brain's working, my body's working, and I have a great opportunity to do a lot of good for myself, my family, my community, and everybody around me. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. You start out with a, from a place of gratitude. You know, it puts you in a certain energy level and energy field, and you put that out. And, you know, the more grateful you are, the more reasons you have attracted to you to be grateful. That's right. Give it out to the universe, and it will come right back to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. Well, for the audience that doesn't know you yet, I am so excited because I've done a lot of research on you. And just from your upbringing, where you came from to where you are now, just an incredible story. And so I'd like to start from the beginning. Um, Can you just tell us a little bit about your upbringing, where you were born and raised and the atmosphere and the environment that you grew up in? Yeah, thank you for that. So I'm originally from the south side of Chicago, literally Inglewood, uh, primarily grew up around uh, 65th and Langley and 73rd and Ada, kind of the two main uh, houses that I grew up in. But I was literally born in Cook County Hospital, like, you know, public hospital and um, was taken home on the south side. I was raised by a single mom. Uh, so shout out to my mother for being a superhero herself. And, um, you know, but also had really good family support system and things like that. My grandfather died when I was nine years old. He was like my best friend at the time. But essentially, I had became the man of the family there at that time. My uncle, who was the next in line after my grandfather, was dealing with life issues and and struggles and things like that from the choices that he made. And so I was literally the next in line. It was like 20 women and myself. And, um, you know, consciously, subconsciously, I, you know, made up my mind that it was on me to, you know, be the man of the family and do what I needed to do to get us out of the situations that we were in and living. Now, we were not like 
dirt core uh, where, you know, it was street life, if you will. But there were hard times, you know. Um, I can remember times, you know, growing up on the South Side, you know, my mother and I, we got robbed at gunpoint when I was eight years old. And I had to literally go to the police station and pick the dude up out of a lineup. And, um, you know, I remember one time, you know, my I think it was either eighth grade or freshman year. We had went on a family vacation and came back and our entire house had got robbed. It was empty, um, you know, and I also remember, you know, some different struggles financially growing up. You know, um, one time we had a situation where my mother was like, hey, we could pay the rent or we could pay the heating and electricity bill, but we can't pay both. You know, and so my freshman year of high school, literally for six months, we had no heat and electricity in the winter in Chicago. So I was sleep fully clothed and, you know, boil water, wash up and go to class. And then I had practice because I was an athlete and then I would come home, you know, wash up again, get fully clothed to go to bed. So there was definitely some uncomfortable times. I mean, I'm grateful for it all because it helped sh shape and make me and give me the, you know, skills and determination and stuff that I have. Um, but it was not easy uh, mentally and emotionally at times. And, you know, I'm very grateful for my mom, always staying positive, always supporting, always encouraging. And then always, you know, being very um, strict about education. So, you know, I took my grades very seriously. I got really good grades always growing up. And then I was able to also get a scholarship to go to college, you know, um, pretty much 50% baseball and 50% education to go to a pretty good school, Hofstra University in Long Island, New York. So that also baseball and sports allowed me to get out of the hood and see other cultures, see other environments, see other family structures and get exposed to things that were beyond, you know, just that South side bubble. So that was kind of a brief synopsis of my upbringing, um, you know, but was, Although the streets were hard and staying out of trouble and staying out of and staying safe, I had a loving family and supportive family. And, you know, I chose to take my school and my sports seriously. And those things have helped me even to this day. Was there something in particular that drove you not to fall into that life that in areas like that, so many people become victims of? Yeah, it's interesting. So one of my favorite books is called The Wisdom of Failure. Right. And in this entire book, he talks about business, you know, failures and how these businesses were successful and then they imploded and what those things did. And so the premise of the book is that humans learn through experience, but you don't have to go through the experience personally to learn from the experience. So in the hood, you know, we say I don't have to do crack to know crack is bad. Right. I can look out on the street, on the corner and I can see crackheads and I can see people who have made certain choices and I can see their experience. Right. And I can choose like I don't want that. So, you know, um, I didn't want to grow up and be anything like my father. That was an experience that I had and I didn't want to have. I looked around my community and I saw gang violence and I saw, um, you know, street life and drug life. And I didn't want that. So I didn't, I chose the things that kept me off of those paths. You know, I was also raised in church. So, you know, my mom, you know, tried to keep us in church and keep us grounded and have really good, you know, biblical principles and things like that. 
And then sports, right? I, I developed a love for sports at a young age and you had to have a certain level of, you know, patience, self-control and discipline to execute on that. And then anything I do in life, I want to be great at. So, you know, I took the time and the effort and I started having 6 a.m. workouts when I was in like sixth grade, seventh grade. So, you know, choosing to do that and choosing to go and choosing to be on time and choosing to do my homework and choosing to do those things, all those things help me stay on a straighter path and out of trouble. And then in the South side of Chicago, you know, unfortunately people could be here today and gone tonight, you know, uh, straight bullets don't have a name, right? You could be an innocent bystander, victims of circumstances, products of your environment and stuff like that. So I tried to choose things that would put me in positions to have a better life or a safer life. Um, and you know, it panned out over time. So I'm, I'm blessed and grateful that those things have. And, you know, I make conscious choices about, you know, rooms that I'm in, people that I'm around, what I say, what I think, and all of those things help create your environment and your reality. So I've always taken those things seriously. That's absolutely incredible. From such a young age, it sounded, sounds like you've had so much wisdom, so much guidance, particularly, it sounds like from your mother. Mm -hmm. And it just amazes me that you took so much on. You said you were in a family of all women. There wasn't a real strong male role model in your life when you were young. And you took on that responsibility, one, at such a young age, but two, it wasn't like, it wasn't an option. It was, this is what I'm going to do. And that's that. Yeah. A lot of Chicago, unfortunately, and a lot of hoods across the country, um, you're immediately put in like survival mode. It's literally survival of the fittest. It's, you know, the wrong turn or the wrong word or the wrong interaction, you know, could be the end of your life. Right. And so every decision literally is life or death and it all matters. And those things were important to me in my personal life, for my family and to be able to have a chance to get out. And I know people that I grew up with that literally were, you know, shot and killed or dead or in jail. And, you know, those things that I did not want for myself or my family and things like that. And so, you know, um, you don't really get to enjoy your childhood as a kid, uh, if you will, because you're making life decisions very relatively early, but then it helps you and it prepares you for, you know, real life and adulthood. So there is some give and take there, but literally every decision was pretty much life and death. You know, you could be on the basketball court, you could step on a guy's shoe and he get mad and shoot you like that's a real life thing. And those things actually happen. Um, unfortunate, very sad for sure. But it also teaches you not to do everything, not to say everything, not to be everywhere um, and, and be disciplined with your choices, because that one choice could be your last. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. And it's crazy because a lot of the lessons you learned, you said you experienced real life the real world at such a young age, but yeah. now you're in business. You're an entrepreneur, you're a hedge fund manager. It's a completely different world that you're in than what you grew up in. But I'm assuming all those lessons you learned as such a young man, you're able to apply in this new world that you're in. Yeah. I mean, essentially it's a different variation of the same world because the business world is very shrewd it's very cutthroat. It's very survival of the fittest, eat or be eaten. You know, you and a lot of people have ideas, 
right? And what separates people who have just ideas and people who actually make things happen are the ability to execute. And you have to have faith in yourself. You have to have confidence, you know, self-control, self-motivation, self-esteem, and really be willing to go against all the negative programming, really step up outside of the matrix and really believe in yourself and bet on yourself, right? Like I'm a data-driven person, all I do, right? So 3% of the world controls 97% of the world, right? So that means that 3% of the people were willing to bet on themselves and create something and the rest of the 97% of the world essentially works for the 3%. And, you know, I never wanted to be average at anything that I did. And I also, because I played sports, I really didn't have a traditional outlook on the work world and the work environment because I played baseball from 2 to 23, right? So even when I was in college and a lot of the you know regular students were going to class and looking for internships and going to work, you know, we were playing and we were practicing and we were traveling and things like that. And we, you know, we would have study hall, we would have tutors and we would have class and things like that, but it was a completely different world. So I never really looked at the work world the way that most people do. So, um, and I made it in my mind early that I wanted to be successful at baseball, but when I transitioned, I wanted to run my own business. I knew that from the beginning, <coughs> excuse me. Um, my mom and my aunts had very entrepreneurial bugs and started, you know, different businesses. I was selling candy. Literally, my mom used to uh, make me sell candy uh, in the summer to pay for my little league. So I would literally sell candy between games or during the season so that I could pay for my little league. And I sold candy in high school. So I was a very entrepreneurial from there, you know, um, and I truly, truly, truly believe that I can do anything that I put my mind to. I believe that at a very early age and I don't allow anything to stop me. So for me, it's either I find a way or I make one. And it's not an if, it's just a win. And so if the only thing that's separating me from executing um, is my confidence, my patience, my self-control, my discipline and belief in myself, then I'm always going to win because I have those things and I, and I believe that I'll be successful with those things. And success is relative and it's different for every person. So that's the other thing you have to really understand that it's really about you, your journey and your your story. I think that distinction is so important. What is success to you? What is happiness to you? Because you, you said it, you hit the nail right on the head. It's different for different people. Some people want millions and millions of dollars and the Ferrari and this and that other people want just a mission driven purpose, whether it brings financial riches or not. Um, for me, a big part of my happiness comes from my faith walk. And to me, that relationship is very important. It brings a lot of happiness into my life and it puts things in a different perspective. So in my businesses, when I run into an issue, I used to freak out a lot. I used to be stressed out a lot, but having that perspective now, I'm able to see the bigger picture and change my mindset. Um, you know, I, I didn't come from the same upbringing as you at all. I didn't even have similar beliefs about myself and confidence and things like that. And so it's amazing to talk to you because I just love where your head is at. I love where you're coming from. And I love how you bet on yourself. There's a documentary with uh, Dr. Dre and 
it just talks about his life and his career and everything he's done up to about, you know, the last couple of years of his life. And the thing that I got from that documentary is throughout his life, he bet on himself. And it's absolutely incredible when you bet on yourself, because if you don't bet on yourself, you're betting that you're going to lose because you're only going to bet on a winner. So what I took away from that documentary is Dr. Dre always bet on himself, no matter what people told him, no matter what his circumstances were, no matter how crazy things could get around him, he always bet on himself. And that's why he wins in life. Yeah, I mean, it's very important, right? Because at the end of the day, if you don't believe in yourself, how can you expect anybody else to believe in you, right? Um, and then you can't lose because you're going to either win or you're going to learn. And then you can use what you learn in the next round. Then also, it's about taking personal responsibility and accountability for your thoughts, words, and actions. And so when you bet on yourself, then you can't really blame anybody else. And if somebody else lets you down, it's cool. It is what it is, you know, but at least you know you tried, right? And everything is not for everybody. Entrepreneurship is definitely not for everybody. You know, I know it's hot right now. It's a buzzword and everybody's selling the dream of entrepreneurship, owning your company, doing all that. It is not easy, right? Um, the Some things can be simple, but to execute them and to be successful, it does take, you know, hard work, smart work, dedication, and a little bit of, um, you know, stars aligning and working in your favor. But, you know, for me, it all really boils down to wisdom and faith, right? And so there is a parable in the scriptures where uh, King Solomon uh, was a kid and had the opportunity to ask God for whatever he wanted. And he asked for wisdom. And because he asked for that, uh, God said, I'm going to grant you, you know, everything. Right. And that's I'm paraphrasing, by the way. So you have to go and check it out for yourself. But when I heard that, that touched my heart. And I went and basically said that prayer that night. And I had and I've had a thirst and a zeal for knowledge ever since then. Because I'm a firm believer that the more you learn, the more you earn. But before I started earning, I just wanted to be able to learn and do. I didn't want to be limited by things I didn't know how to do. Right. Because you don't know what you don't know. And so you can't do successfully and repetitively what you don't know. You might look into it a couple of times here and there. But to be able to actually do it on a consistent basis at a high level and succeed or perform, um, you need to know what you're doing. Right. So. Uh, I would encourage anybody, first and foremost, to learn and to be educated and to make data driven decisions on whatever it is that you want to do, um, even if that is working a nine to five for somebody else or that is, you know, an entrepreneurship thing or a side hustle thing or if it's trading or investing. Right. It all comes down to what do you want? Right. And what are you willing to do to make that dream become a reality? Right. Um, and so. The whole world is based off of physics It's if and then. So if this happens, then this will happen. And so you have to be able to choose what you want. You have to be able to work towards it. And when you do those things, the things that you're working towards will start to become will start to come towards you. Right. It's just. Business. Yeah. So you talk about baseball. I love sports. I love following certain athletes. We seem about the same age and you growing up in Chicago, man, like it was all about MJ when we were kids, like absolutely Michael Jordan, everything. Tim Grover's book talks about when he was training Michael Jordan and how Michael just took work ethic to another level. He was the first NBA player to start lifting weights to improve his muscle mass. 
Then he talks a lot about Kobe and how hard of a worker Kobe was. And those guys are the best of the best of an elite sport. And so Mm -hmm. what you're talking about is true, whether you're going to be an entrepreneur, whether you're going to be an employee, it doesn't matter because there's the same principles, the same laws that govern success and happiness in this world. And work ethic is one thing that you just can't, there's no shortcut to hard work. Exactly. And I would say, you know, study the greats, whatever it is that you want to do, study people who have already had a high level of success in there. You know, when I played basketball, I studied Michael Jordan. When I played baseball, I studied Derek Jeter. Uh, That was my favorite player. And I was a shortstop and he was a shortstop. Now that I'm a hedge fund manager and I run a quantitative hedge fund, which simply means we use computer programs and computer algorithms to trade for us in the market. I studied the number one quant, who was Jim Simons. Right. And, you know, want to mirror my game after him, if you will, uh, with my own sauce on it. Right. So you want to learn, you want to study, see what they did, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants, if you will, and then add your sauce on it. But I would say one of the easiest ways outside of studying the graces, get a mentor who's actually done what you've done. If you have the ability to get access to them or pay for their coaching or pay for their mentoring or buy their book, right. Or take their course um, because that will help accelerate your learning curve. Because remember, you got to learn and you got to get the experience. So if that person has done it and you're looking to do that, that can help you uh, alleviate or minimize or even, you know, avoid some of the hiccups and learning things that they had to go through. And that will, you know, eventually and over time potentially help you. That's incredible. I I love it. Just find a mentor. I, I talk about this a lot. Mentorship is so important, but also studying the best of the best. And I talk to a lot of people. I have a lot of people on this show that are successful. And Tony Robbins says success leaves clues. And it's not a coincidence that someone like yourself and other guests I've had on the show, you guys don't know each other from Adam, but there's just these basic laws, these basic principles over and over and over again, proper mentorship, seeking the best of the best, hard work, putting it all on the line, giving it your all, taking that leap of faith, having faith that things are going to work out no matter, no matter what happens. And I just love talking to someone like you just because it just reaffirms everything that a lot of people already know, but for some reason they, you know, it's, it's easy to say things, but hard to do them. So what is it about you that you just, you just do it? Like, obviously we all experience fear, but it sounds like even with fear, you go, you just push forward. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I don't believe fear exists. So um, you know, I'm, this kind of goes into my math and physics nerd side of me, but everything is energy, right? And, you know, if you can, under, I tell my students this all the time, if you can understand the first three laws of physics, the first three laws of Newtonian physics, you can pretty much design and control the world that you live in. So for an example, the first law of Newtonian physics is that for every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. Okay, most of the people have heard that that's for every action, not the action that you want, not the action that you like, not the action that you're comfortable with, not the actions that you prefer. Every action, good and uncomfortable. 
right? So that's first and foremost, just really understanding if this happens, then this repercussion consequence or circumstance will happen, good or uncomfortable, right? If and then. The second law of physics is an object that is motionless will remain motionless unless an equal or greater force is acted upon it. So right now, this mouse is not moving. It's motionless. If you want to get super nerdy, yes, it's vibrating at a certain frequency, et cetera, et cetera. But to the natural eye, it's motionless. And so it's going to remain there and not move unless an equal or greater force is acted upon it. So I can take my finger and I can apply force and move it, right? That leads us to the third law of physics, that an object that is in motion will remain in motion unless an equal or greater force is acted upon it. So if an object is in motion, uh, let's say this phone here is falling, right? There is a force that is pushing, that is, it's falling. There's a force that's pushing it down. And until this phone hits a greater force, is going to continue falling down, right? Um, and so if we can understand that at the, at the simplest form, then we can think about where our thoughts are things, our thoughts, our energy, our thought vibrates at a certain frequency. So when I what I think about myself is what I'm putting out into the world. The thoughts that I put out are what's going to be attracted to me, right? Because if this happens, then this must happen. So if I think positively about myself, if I think that I'm a winner and I'm going to be successful, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the thought, that's the words, that's the energy that I'm putting out. Okay. And I'm moving energy literally out of the way and I'm attracting the energy that I want towards me. Okay. And I'm putting that in motion. So when I speak, my words have power. Life or death is in the power of your tongue. My talking is audible, it's physical energy. I'm literally creating, designing, manifesting my world and my life through the words that I speak, right? So I need to think and speak positively about myself and affirmations and things of that nature, right? Um, and what I do, my actions are me executing energy and putting energy out. And so if I'm putting my thoughts, words, and actions towards my goals, then my goals must start working towards me. It's just the laws of physics. So that allows me to also be very conscious about my mind gate, my ear gate, my eye gate, my mouth gate, and my network, right? What do I watch? What do I listen to? What do I allow to come out of my mouth? Who do I allow in my environment around me, right? Because energy is transferable, right? So those things have always been very important to me. And I haven't, I wasn't able to really quantify them or identify them at an early age, but it made sense. You know, there's a scripture that says evil communication corrupts good manners. So the more you're around people who are doing negative or bad things, eventually that energy and those actions you're going to start to portray. Or you may hear successful people say that you are a makeup of the five people you spend the most time with, right? Or you may hear people say your network is your net worth, right? All of these things can be minimized and narrowed down to those three laws of physics. That's one. Second is fear. So when you understand what fear is, fear is just energy, right? And you are thinking about something or you're feeling a certain way, you have to slow that game down and say, okay, what's really happening right here? Why am I afraid or am I scared or am I nervous? So uh, in the military, you know, um, they say fight or flight, right? But it's actually four. So technically, the human brain only responds to adversity in four ways. Fight, flight, 
faint or freeze. So what that means is that if if something is um, approaching me, okay, my brain is always scanning and my brain's number one reason for existence is survival. So natively, it's scanning all the time through my five senses, hear, touch, smell, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to make sure that I am safe. So anything that presents danger, that puts my life in danger, the brain is going to trigger what I like to call a unction of survival. So fear, the label, is really just an unction of survival. Your brain is telling you, hey, that may put your life in danger. Let's avoid that. So let's look at the things that could potentially put our lives in danger, right? What do humans need to survive? We need water, we need oxygen, and we need food. Those are the only three things that we need. Everything else is a positive or a choice, okay? Or a cherry on top, if you will. So if I, I'm an investor, I'm a trader, right? I teach people how to trade and invest. I teach people how to make money. I teach people how to start businesses, et cetera. Well, what do you use to buy your food? Money. What do you use to buy your water? Money, right? So if these two things that you use or the money that you use are being used to buy things that you need to survive, anything that will be coming to put your money in danger, your brain is going to trigger a unction of survival. That's why a lot of people are scared of trading or they might have a fear that they don't want to lose their money, right? So that's where that label of fear may come, but you have to really slow it down and say, why am I getting this? And it's a trigger and it's a unction of survival. So the brain is going to respond to that adversity in four ways. One of four ways. It's going to fight it, right? If the brain thinks it's going to win, it's going to say and say, stay and fight. You can win this. If it doesn't think you're going to win, it's going to say run, right? Get out of there, get away immediately. The third one is it's going to be so overwhelmed that it's going to freeze. It's going to be like a deer in the headlights. It's going to stop. You're not going to be able to move. And then the last one is you're going to faint. You're just going to pass out. It's going to be so overwhelmed, you're going to pass out. That's the only way your body and your mind responds to adversity. So there is no such thing as fear. There's an unction of survival and there's the four responses to that unction of survival. So when you simplify things like that, you can look at anything in the world and now you can break it down. What triggers unctions of survival for you? Everybody has their own unique thing, right? And so once you start to see that and you can see what's external triggers and what's internal triggers, then you can literally start to design the world that you want to live. If these external triggers trigger you like this person that drains you or always gets on your nerves or always wants to argue or is always negative, you have a choice. You, it is up to you if I'm going to be around that person or if I'm going to spend more time with that person. And if you do, that choice is yours and that's your fault and that's your responsibility, right? And you could choose to not be around that person. And that's literally you designing your world. If you live in a certain city or environment and you're over 18 and have the ability to move at your own leisure, if you still live there, it is your fault. Right. It is your responsibility. So you can design the environment, design the lifestyle, design how you want to live. If you go to work every day, you chose to go to that job interview. You chose to work for that company. 
you choose to get up and go to work every day. Now, I'm not saying go and quit your job. You still got to pay your bills, et cetera. I understand that. But you choose what your bills are. All the bills that you have are things that you wanted. Where you live, what you drive, what you eat, what you put on, where you uh, go to work. All of these are your choices. So you literally have the power to design a lifestyle that you want to live because you've already designed the lifestyle that you're living. So when we can slow that down and I can understand that, I can literally design my future. I can say, this is the future that I want. This is what I look like. This is what I'm wearing. This is my weight. This is my hairstyle. This is what I'm driving. This is where I live. And then right now, today, in the in the present, I can start working on my future self and designing that ideal version of myself. And that will come with choice that will come with belief in yourself and that will come with you willing to take the time, the energy, the effort, the resources and the sacrifices of what it's going to take for you to get there. And so it, it boils down to will. Are you willing to do what it takes for you to get to that next level? And then you make the choice and then you stick with it and then you commit and you do it every single day until you reach that goal. And that's how I compartmentalize and break down every single thing, which is why I'm also a firm believer I could do anything I put my mind to, because I'm going to set that goal. I'm going to make a plan to reach that goal. I'm going to commit to that goal. And I'm going to work on that goal every single day until I reach it. I was not a hedge fund manager five years ago. December 26, 2018, I said, I want to be a hedge fund manager. I identified what it took to do that. And years later, I'm a hedge fund manager. And that's pretty much it. And that's how I look at every single thing, no matter what it is. And that's absolutely incredible. I, I'm just listening, soaking all this in. I'm just like, preach on, man, preach on like everything you just said. So you don't know me from Adam, but my background, I'm a structural engineer. And so when you talked about physics, Newton's laws, I know those like the back of my hand. And I always use them when I design a structure or anything like that. To me, those are the laws of why a building stands up or a bridge can be driven on all of those things. But I've never applied it to my life that I, I wrote a book this past year. It's called Superhero by Design, just like the podcast is called. And I stumbled across what you talked about, design your life. Who do I want to be? What do I want to look like? What do I, my body want to be look like? My hair, all of that. And then take the daily discipline, the steps needed, find the coach if need be, do the research, gain as much knowledge as, as you can. And I completely redesigned my life and changed it. But what you said about applying basic laws, physics, to your own body using energy. That's something that I haven't heard that perspective before. And I, it's so powerful. Yeah. Think about it like this. Last year I was 240 pounds. That was the heaviest I had ever been in my life. And I just got fully disgusted with myself <laughs> and I woke up and I was like, that's over. We're getting back in shape. And by December I was 200 pounds. I lost 40 pounds last year and I'm about 20 pounds away from my, 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 my total goal at 190. But what is what is weight loss? It's just energy transfer. When you eat, you're literally taking that food energy, put it in your body. Your body is processing it, converting it into energy for you to use. Right. Right. So to burn to, to lose weight, you have to eat less calories than you burn. That's it. That's that is it. That's one on one weight loss. Right. Right. 
who has control over what you are eating? If you have control over what you are eating, then it's your choice and it's your fault. So I need to burn. I need to eat less calories than I burn and do it strategically. So I researched, you know, what are the easiest ways to burn fat, you know, without working out and working out, right? One of the easiest ways to burn fat is intermittent fasting, right? So I started intermittent fasting and it worked wonders. So I would, I'm, I, I don't eat for uh, 18 hours and I, I have six hours that I do eat. And that puts your body in a certain level of ketosis. So I just researched it down to the simplest forms. And then I just stuck to it. It was a little bit more difficult in the beginning, but then you just keep going, right? And that, and that's what anything, everything is an energy transfer. So if you can, this is why I tell my students, if you can narrow down whatever it is that you're thinking, that you want to do, that you're experiencing, that you're going through, break it down to the simplest form and then see what is making that happen. And if you can understand that in a step-by-step process, then you can go and say, okay, step three is where I'm struggling at. Let me go fix step three. Or you're a structural engineer, so you might have wireframing and plans and what it's going to take to go from, you know, idea to conception or idea to manifestation. And you can break it down step-by-step, right? right? And then once you get to live and it's going, if something breaks, you can go back and identify, let's go and review all the 50 steps that it took us to get here. And we can see, well, right there, step seven is where it broke. Let's go fix step seven and get the chain back going, right? We couldn't do any of the stuff that we do technologically right now if we didn't understand these certain laws of math and physics. If I told you um, that humans could fly 150, 200 years ago, you would have thought I was crazy, right? Right. But we now understand the laws of gravity down to an exact mathematical science, right? We understand exit velocity down to a mathematical science. We can now put humans in an aluminum tube, speed that tube up to, you know, 500, 600 miles an hour that allows us to push through the laws of gravity and fly humans in the air, 40, 50, 60,000 miles in the air and do millions of flights a year. If we weren't able to get that down to a mathematical science and a step-by-step process where now humans don't even really fly, the AI and the computers really fly the planes. If we were not able to get break that down step-by-step, we would not be able to fly. And if you look at your life like that in a step-by-step process from your vision and your goal, breaking down a plan to get there and then just following it step-by-step, you can literally control your life. Whatever it is that you want to do, you can manifest that dream into reality. That's amazing. The word that pops up in my head when you talk about that is protocol. And what, what are the steps and things you're taking every day? I call them daily habits, daily rituals. And if you're designing your rituals every day, going to the gym, eating a certain amount, like you talked about with weight loss, or if you want to bulk up and get gain muscle or what have you, you just got to follow that protocol and just be consistent with it. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but you can make it simple so that you can follow it over and over and over again. And you're going to have to tweak your nervous system. I, I could get into the whole nervous system and changing the, the connections yeah. and everything, but there will be resistance at first because it's change. It's something different. But if you recognize, hey, this irritation, whether it's adrenaline going through my body or, or what have you, this is a natural process of change. And so mm-hmm. once again, 
you're take you're getting a more objective view of things rather than a, a subjective view and it takes away that fear you're starting to question it like like you had mentioned getting curious rather than getting emotional about it also having data to support it so everything you're saying completely lines up back to how do you want to design your life yes everything is programmable yep and i know that will make a lot of people uncomfortable when they think about technology and all that stuff but Everything is energy, which means it has a mathematical numerical code. Your DNA is energy. Your DNA has a mathematical code. Your DNA is literally programmable. Okay. If everything is programmable, you can program your schedule. You can program your life. You can program your body. You can program your mind. You just simplify it. Follow step by step. A computer program or a computer algorithm is nothing but a step by step process that is done by a computer with more efficiency than humans. That's all it is. So I create computer algorithms to trade for me. That computer program is literally just following the step by step of the trading strategy that I have created. But over time, that algo doesn't get tired. It doesn't have text messages, phone calls, relationships. It doesn't. Um, have kids, it's able to just follow that process of that protocol and stick to the rules every single day, all day. It is a computer system and systems are made to not break. So you can program your life, program your lifestyle, program your wants, needs, desires, et cetera, into the lifestyle that you want to live. Complete lifestyle design. That's incredible, man. Yeah. Well, for those listening, Dion is a hedge fund manager at Pouncil Capital. He is also the founder of Money School, which is a business that educates and empowers people to take control of their financial lives. And you could also find a lot more on his background, his upbringing, what he's doing in life on his docuseries, Design. And that docuseries, by the way, is absolutely incredible. I've watched the first couple episodes. It's so cool. And I just, I feel like I know you, even though (laughs) this is the first time we've officially met. Um, but I would love to get into what you're doing now with your businesses. One thing you talked about in the first episode was your mission, and that was to educate, financially educate 1% of the world. What, what was the approximate number for this, this mission that you're trying to, that, you're, that you yeah, are going to so accomplish? That I am. Yes. Uh, it was 75 million. So essentially in 2021, I had the Rona. And um, I was in the hospital for over four weeks. I was in intensive care for two weeks. And on July 26th, uh, 2021, the doctor came into my room and said, hey, call your family, get your things in order because you might not make it through the night. So if you know me, uh, I'm big on words and I'm big on energy and the power of belief. So I say, I do not accept what you just said. I rebuke it. Matter of fact, I'm not only going to get better, I'm going to get out of here and I'm not only going to get a, be a better version of myself, I'm also going to make the world a better place. So that sounds very utopian and rah-rah, but I'm a data-driven person. So immediately I looked up online and see how many people were on the planet. It was approximately 7.5 billion people on the planet. So 1% of 7.5 billion is 75 million. So that's where that number comes from. And that's where I made it my mission to help uh, over 75 million people improve their lives through financial education, trading, and investing. And so that was a part of the birth of Money School. So Money School is a, you know, 
a platform where you can be able to learn uh, how to make money and we make it easy for you to understand. Okay. Um, and so it is available on all platforms. Uh, your phone, it's on Apple, it's on Android, it's on Roku, it's on Apple TV. You can actually watch it and stream it like Netflix for financial education. Um, and we cover various topics. So, you know, uh, it's a very, very powerful platform. I have over 12,000 students in my various programs. Um, uh, last year, over the last 12 to 16 months, my students made over $4 million in profits, even during some of the craziest economic times. Okay. Um, and it's a very powerful thing because yes, I run an algorithmic hedge fund and my algos can trade for me and I could just disappear on the island or something like that if I want and just have my money work for me. But it was more impactful for me to help and teach others what I've done because this is not my traditional background. And if I can do it, you could do it. If I'm from a single pair home on the south side of Chicago with no college degree, literally to this day, if I can learn, read books, take courses, pass a national exam, become a licensed professional trader and investor and run a hedge fund and teach people how to do it, so can you. Um, so that's a little bit about money school and, and, and Pouncil Capital. And, you know, if anybody wants to get in contact with me, Dion Pouncil on most of your social media platforms um, and, you know, uh, moneyschool.com if you want to join the Money School family. And for accredited investors, if you're interested in Pouncil Capital, just pouncilcapital.com. So, yeah. The thing I love about Money School as well is that you can start as a complete beginner or you can be an experienced trader or investor. And I just love that you meet people where they're at. What, what's the minimum entry fee, let's just say, for someone that doesn't know anything about finances, doesn't have a lot of money? What's, um, what's their situation look like? Yeah, our lowest ticket item is literally $27 for a course. Our lowest ebook is $7. So we literally try to make it available and affordable for everybody, no matter where you are in your financial journey, to develop a skill that you want to learn how to make money, whether that's trading, whether that's investing, whether that's learning the code, whether that is, you know, becoming an entrepreneur or starting a business, making money online, like literally skill sets. And that's one of the reasons I named it money school instead of just trade school, because I want you to be able to come to money school learn a practical skill set that you can develop and become good at. And then you can sell those services or products that you create to design a lifestyle that you want to live. And, um, you know, you can start at the beginner level for the beginner courses and whatever those topics are that are available that you want and design the lifestyle that you want, reading those books and taking those courses and practicing. And we're actually in March, we're launching our certified, our money school certified instructor program. So you can actually um, train and become a certified instructor in money school and, um, you know, teach what you know or go out and practice and get a skill. You could take that certificate and try to go get a job in that area if that is what you like. I mean, and also uh, in the last two weeks, uh, we've created a conversational AI chatbot that helps you in real time. Uh, one for personal finance and one for business. So you'll be able to go to DionAI.com, create an account, and you'll have a real-time 3D avatar version of me. Uh, and you can ask it anything that you want to know about finances um, and, 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 and education. And it's a very, very, very powerful tool. It's actually live right now. 
So, um, you know, DionAI.com, MoneySchool.com, CouncilCapital.com, no matter where you are in your journey, uh, we, we want to help you take control of your present and your future. That's incredible. I'm definitely going to check that out. The The whole computer bot, ask it whatever you want, and it's, it's going to spit out, I'm assuming, information that you've learned throughout your whole life that has gotten to you, you to where you are today. And man, my, my technological skills aren't, aren't the best. So when I hear something like that, that gets me excited. I'm just like, man, like, yeah, I'm going to jump on right after this call. Yeah. So this AI chat bot, you know, it's conversational. So you can ask it questions. It'll answer you in real time. Um, it's so smart that it actually also codes. So you can literally ask it whatever you want. Um, you can ask it about real-time data. You can ask it how to help you with a budget, how to save. You can ask it to help you, you know, on developing a skill set that you want um, anywhere in the financial world, whether it's starting a business, whether it's, you know, um, saving towards a goal, trading strategies, et cetera. Um, and then let's say, you know, for the people who are a little bit more technical savvy, you can also ask it, you know, to write and generate the code for you for that particular project. And it will get better over time. It's not perfect right now, but it'll literally code for you. So you can ask it to, you know, create this simple moving average strategy in Python code, and then it'll actually spit out the code for you. And you can go and implement that. So uh, it's a very, very powerful AI tool. Um, is extremely excited and honored to release it as well. That's incredible. Well, Dion, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. For those listening, Dion is a hedge fund manager at Pouncil Capital. So for your accredited investors, definitely check it out. He's also the founder of Money School, which is a business that educates and empowers people to take control of their financial life. And like he said earlier, you can have as little as $27 to invest in yourself. Find him on YouTube and his docuseries, Design. Well, Dion, it was absolutely amazing having you on. I love your mission. I love everything that you embody and represent. And so I know I learned a lot. I know my audience has learned a lot. So thank you once again for coming on. I want to thank the audience for sticking in with us. This was an absolute delight of a show. There's more great things to come. And I am just completely grateful and appreciative for your support through this whole journey. With that said, case out.